postmodern and post-Christian are both terms that the, the church seriously needs to retire. We're going to the world to tell them who we are, and we're not going to the world to present who God is. A world in which so much is focused on building walls and keeping people out. An alternative way to live is to live by... It's almost like raising a white flag and saying, Ah! It's all the secular people's fault and no one's listening or coming to our evangelistic campaign. How can we redesign Adventism to be effective at reaching emerging Western culture? That's what the Story Church podcast is all about. Adventism Redesigned. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is Pastor Marcus here with another episode of the Story Church Podcast. And um, yeah, it's pretty insane. Um, Last week, I shared uh, an episode uh, just kind of navigating this pandemic and what it means for us uh, as a church. And, uh, and now I'm just kind of doing it again because the truth is this thing is changing our world so much uh, that I feel like even from last week to this week, it's a different world. Um, and so, yeah, like, I don't know what you guys are up to and, and what it looks like in your scenario, your context, uh, the things that you're navigating. Would love to know. Please comment below and um, just tell me, you know, what's what's going on, what your scenario, your context looks like. Are you on lockdown? Are you uh, quarantined? What's happening? Uh, here in Perth, where I live, we haven't gotten that far yet, but it's so close. Like, it's so, so close. They've shut down our borders now, or at least they will in the next day or so. Um, cases are rising. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of craziness, and it does not look like it is going to end anytime soon. So we're just trying to adjust to this new normal, as I'm sure all of you guys are, and figure out what it's going to look like over the next few months. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what does pastoring look like in a world where you can't go to meetings and visits. <laughs> um, everything's got to be done digitally. Uh, so that's 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 going to be fun. This week, I'm going to be trying to set my churches up and um, with uh, Sabbath schools and prayer groups and stuff on Zoom and and that's a bit that's a bit wild because uh, you know Zoom doesn't have an option where you can have one account that's used by multiple people, so we got to navigate that too because not everybody has the finances to just like purchase a Zoom, um, a pro account, which basically means they're limited to forty minute meetings. So yeah, how do we navigate that? I don't know. We're gonna figure it out one step at a time. If you have any wisdom, please feel free to comment below and let me know because that would be <laughs> really, really useful right now. Anyways, I wanted to spend a few moments today just talking about how a pandemic became Adventism's golden opportunity. And uh, a golden opportunity, it really has become. But before I get to that, I just wanted to take a moment once more to um, thank my patrons who are supporting this project and uh, also the Haystack um, for being uh, one of the sponsors of this project. And the Haystack is an amazing ministry. Check them out, haystack.tv. They've been doing Sabbath school in church. At least they did once. I don't know if they're still doing it. I gotta, Maybe I should double check on that, right? Um, but yeah, check them out, guys. They have some great, great spiritual content. It's just a really cool bunch of people. And if I lived in America, I would totally hang out with them, but I live too far away. But um, we stay connected via social media, which is cool. Uh, so definitely check out the Haystack. They are the voice for millennials in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, or the voice of millennials, rather. And they focus on life, culture, and theology. Beautiful stuff on there. Um, 
And also, just I uh, want to take a moment as well to everyone who has purchased uh, my latest ebook, The Death and Rebirth of the Investigative Judgment. Hey, listen, if you haven't purchased it yet, this is the best time. You've got nothing else to do. Read some good stuff, all right? And yes, I'm biased. I think my book is good. Um, but honestly, I've gotten a lot of feedback from people who've read it who are like, wow, this is great stuff. Um, people who thought that the investigative judgment was just this weird doctrine within Adventism and they didn't really think about it and they didn't really care about it and it was just complicated and just out of touch with their world and their reality and they've read this ebook and and it's kind of been like oh wow like now I get why this thing actually matters and why it's so radically important in my spiritual life and in everyone's spiritual life, really. Uh, because what I do in this ebook is I take the investigative judgment out of the hands of Adventist ownership and I give it back to humanity. And uh, it just boosts its relevance and its meaning and its application, its applicatory power in our everyday lives. And so, yeah, guys, definitely check that ebook out, Death and Rebirth of the Investigative Judgment. I got a bunch of other ebooks on the website as well. And if you're sitting at home with nothing to do, the purchase, every purchase of these ebooks brings me one step closer to being able to finish the Bible study set that I've started working on um, to study the Bible with, you know, postmoderns and secular people, etc. So every single sale brings me one step closer to getting that thing designed. That is not going to be electronic. That is going to be an actual physical product. The first physical product of the Story Church project that you can actually get your hands on. So make sure you help me out, guys. Help me out. Even if you don't want to read the book, you know, maybe you just like, hey, I'll just help the guy out, but I don't like reading. I don't know. Go for it. Um, but I do either way, thank you guys who have read and have given me feedback. I really, really appreciate it. It's, uh, it means the world to me. Now, I want to take a moment to talk about this pandemic and how, in my estimation, it has become Adventism's golden opportunity. So this last weekend was my first at home with the family since this entire pandemic began to circulate the globe. And in the morning, we, you know, tuned into our local conference, the live stream. We heard a message from our conference president. In the afternoon, I linked up with uh, our church plant over Zoom and just spent some time sharing and praying for one another. And in the middle of all this, we, we took a moment to consider the very real possibility that we may not occupy the same space for the next six months. Uh, perhaps even more. No hugs, no sitting on my living room couch, no laying hands on one another as we share tears in prayer, just a screen, a microphone, and an artificial optic lens to connect us. Now, I'm not going to try and hide it. It's, it's painful. It really is um, to think that we've been physically separated by this microscopic menace. Uh, but I also have to admit that a part of me is enthusiastic about the whole thing because as I look around, I see Adventism rising to the challenge and conducting itself in patterns and shifts that innovative evangelists have been preaching for years. And I have to say, like, I'm pretty impressed, all right? I'm pretty impressed. So in today's podcast, I, I want to take the time to share three lessons I've learned through this season um, so far and, and, and why it's presenting to me the, the golden opportunity for Adventism in the modern age. Uh, number one, I have learned that change in Adventism is possible. Now, I know not everyone is experiencing this, okay? 
Um, so you might be listening to it and be like, what do you mean? You know, my church is resisting every bit of change even now. Um, and, and so definitely listen to me. I know it's not happening in every single case, but it is happening at a much higher degree than I would, than, than we've seen for a really long time. Because this pandemic, in a sense, is it's the most powerful sermon we've ever heard on our need to adapt, redesign, and change in order to meet the challenge of the age. It has reoriented us toward what actually matters. It's forced us to move beyond the comfort zones, the status quo, the traditions, and evolve into something new and unknown. There isn't any traditional or conservative pushback this time. Can you believe that? Um, pastors aren't having to twist arms, pull teeth, or put together flawless theological arguments just to convince people to change one tiny thing. Everything is changing, and I mean everything. Now, like I said, I know it's not like that everywhere. Some people are still having a hard time, but it's definitely, definitely much better than it ever has been. The three hymn sandwich... It's gone. The platform party, it's gone. The judgmental stares from people with no kids, they're gone. The lectern that some churches tell their preachers they must preach behind, that's gone. The arguments over reverence in the sanctuary, they're gone. In less than one month, circumstances forced us to adapt and evolve in ways we would have otherwise resisted to the death. And all I can say is, well done, church, well done. We have demonstrated that change in Adventism is definitely and unequivocally possible. Number two, change in Adventism is necessary. Not just possible, that was number one, but necessary. That's the second thing I've learned through this um, season. Now, here's the thing. If Adventism didn't adapt to the present pandemic, it would become completely irrelevant. No one would attend our churches and mission would become impossible. But by redesigning onto a digital medium, our churches can continue to do evangelism, discipleship, and community in a way that enables us to fulfill our mission to this new world we currently occupy. Change in this setting was necessary, but allow me to push the issue a little further. Change has been necessary for decades, but we have refused to change. The culture's transition from pre-modern categories toward enlightenment, modernist enthusiasm, postmodern cynicism, and lately the metamodern oscillations mean that our churches have been irrelevant and change has been necessary for a very long time. And it's kind of tragic that it took a catastrophe to finally get us to adapt. In many ways, the current scenario brings to mind Ellen White's warning from the book Evangelism, page 31, where she says, and I quote, The work which the church has failed to do in a time of peace and prosperity, she will have to do in a terrible crisis under most discouraging, forbidding circumstances. End quote. Had we been adapting and evolving when things were easy, perhaps we wouldn't be scrambling to adjust now that our normal has been taken away from us. But we don't need to linger too long in the negative. Instead, let's take the present experience as a call for what the church must always be prepared to do. Change. 
There will be a post-pandemic age, and it will come with new perceptions and ideological shifts that the church will have to confront. And we can only confront it by accepting the fact that change is not only possible, but necessary. Without change, we become irrelevant. Number three, change in Adventism is imperative. So it's not just possible and it's not just necessary. It is imperative. In their hit song, If the World Was Ending, it's a song which has become the anthem of the COVID-19 season. Singers J.P. Sachs and Julia Michaels described this unstable relationship that fell apart. However, the poem's protagonists seem to reconnect in light of the end. And they're asking one another, if the world was ending, you'd come over, right? And, and the lyrics then sway elegantly between this romance and this disaster. Would you love me? One line pushing gently against the sky befalling. But the part of the song that stands out to me the most is when in light of this apocalyptic antagonist, the estranged lovers come face to face and confess all of our fears would be irrelevant. Now, cataclysm has a way of doing that, doesn't it? It reorients our priorities and reminds us about the things that matter and the things that don't. So what seems like an insurmountable mountain the day before now appears a mere molehill in our rearview mirror. And in light of this, I would say that the fear of change in our churches has become irrelevant. It's not the monster we once thought it was. Now, the reality is many times our churches resist change because we're afraid that change means loss, loss of identity as a faith tribe, purpose as a movement, or truth in our proclamation. However, if this was the case, if change really did mean the end of Adventism, then start saying your goodbyes now because everything is changing. This means Adventism is about to disappear, right? Or wrong. If anything, the present catastrophes have revealed how small and insignificant those fears are. They're forcing us to grow up. Rather than the end of the church, this pandemic has actually given us our golden opportunity to show the world that church is a people, not a building. It's given us a golden opportunity to remind one another that when the building closes, the church goes on because it is us, the people, that are the church. It has given us a golden opportunity to reveal to the world that Adventism is not pews, organs, or suits and ties, programs, liturgies, or traditions. Adventism is something much bigger. The petty arguments over drums and projectors, dress codes and carpets, it all seems laughable now. And perhaps that's because it always has been laughable. We just needed the near apocalypse to show us. So here's my point. Change is not a threat to Adventism. The real threat to Adventism's mission and identity is actually no change. In other words, redesigning, reframing, adapting, evolving, modifying, none of this is a threat to our movement. The real threat is the presence of an establishmentarian, conservative, hyper-cautious, timid, and unadventurous slash unenterprising culture that keeps us frozen in a nostalgic yesterday, making us irrelevant in the present now while removing our capacity to conquer the inevitable tomorrow. But here we are. We're doing it, guys. It's happening. We are redesigning. It's not the way we all imagined it would be. I'll give you that. But we're doing it. We are doing it. And it is beautiful. And I want you to take a moment. 
before I wrap this short episode up. I want you to take a moment to breathe in. And then as you exhale, I want you to slowly say these words. We're doing it. We're changing. Now let's continue to pursue in this season and the next. An Adventism redesigned for mission. Because as we're currently seeing in light of a global pandemic, is that change in Adventism is possible, it's necessary, and it's imperative. Without it, we cannot fulfill our mission. And my prayer and hope is that when this thing is over, that we wouldn't just wind back the clock and return to our customs and outmoded methodologies. But that when this season ends, we would go back to the drawing board and say, it's a new world, guys. How are we going to adapt the church to impact this new world? That's it for me today, guys. Take care. God bless. I hope that you are keeping safe. I'll catch you next week. (laughs) 